Travis Scott too. He was another one that came to our studio up crown and, um, I, I actually did photos of Travis. That's crazy. And I want to hear about that story too. He came to the studio, actually showed us his music, hung out for a few hours. He actually, <laughs> he almost broke my camera, which is wild. I was just taking photos. Yeah. And he like grabbed my camera out of my hand and he threw it on the ground. Welcome to the Mike Squires and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Mike Squires. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Chris Fulcher. Now, Chris Fulcher is an incredible photographer. Today, we talk about some of his travel work and his editorial work, working with the likes of Russ, Travis Scott, Mayday Parade, Nightmare, and Tyler Yahweh, and so many others. I also talked to Chris about some of his travel photography, going to places like Venice, Aruba, Santorini. Now, if you want to support the Mike Squires and Friends podcast, all you got to do is hit that subscribe button on YouTube or download on your preferred podcast platform. Now, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Mike Squires and Friends. Chris, how you doing, my guy? What's up, man? Dude, I'm super excited to have you today on the podcast. How's everything been? Good. Busy. Busy. Yeah. I think I want to hop straight into your photography. What made you pick up the camera for the first time? It, it's a long story, but... We're here for it. Yeah, it's... um. <laughs> I did paintball. I I did paintball for a long time as a kid and, um, the paint, the sport got too expensive. So I I was traveling with teams and and my father, and then this is before I had a license or even a permit. And I was probably 12 from 12 to 15. Um, I would travel with paintball, um, uh, teams and, and companies around the country. And we went to Florida, Maine, California. Um, and I would play with these teams. We'd play D three, D two paintball. Um, and then just eventually like the sport, I don't know if the sport got too expensive, but I talked to somebody that was at a competition one time that had a camera. And one day my parents, I think for my birthday, I mean, my 13th birthday, Um, they bought me a camera and I started shooting teams in the field. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So when you started shooting those teams in the field, like how did that transition into, you know, music where I met you? That's a good question. I think, um, it was, it was at a point where I remember I was doing, I was doing paintball photography and then it turned into the sport started dying. So I stopped doing that. And then I was doing like home portraits at my house, getting like Walmart lights and, and kind of doing like a setup with my friends. And we would just do like exaggerated portraits. And I remember we would like get props. I got a friend that was a firefighter. So he'd bring his firefighter gear and I would like light stuff on fire around him. And we were just doing fun photos, man. And, uh, or like, I remember I had this thing where like I would take cups of coffee and like, like throw like, you know, cookies or whatever in it to make like the splash effect for photos. Um, and then the music stuff, I, I, I guess where it really started was I, 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 I was, man, it's, um, it's funny. Cause there's, there's a few different ways of how I started, but I met a kid in new Fairfield's Lars Principato. Okay. That's where it really started. I was probably dabbling a little bit beforehand. I used to work for this company called Peter says denim. Honestly, I really don't remember how I got started with Peter Says Denim, but they were, I either reached out to them, probably I reached out to them because they're an Indonesian clothing line, but they were sponsoring Alternative Press Magazine. That's actually how. So I must have, because I was a big fan of like Warp Tour and that kind of music at that time. And so any long story short, uh, reached out to the company. They were like down to work with me and do a photo shoot. 
and I was looking for models and a friend of mine um, put me in touch with Lars Principato in New Fairfields and he had a band uh, uh, I forget what the band was called but we, we did a photo shoot with him with the clothing and then he actually ended up bringing me on Warp Tour and we did Warp Tour together for like two years in a row one of the bands I saw you shoot with early on was Suicide Silence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mitch Lucker, man. Um, so when I was doing Warp Tour, which I believe was like, so 2009 to 2011, yeah, 2009, 2010, 2011, I was on Warp Tour and we did the whole, you know, we, we I think the first tour I did the East Coast, but then gradually it just started doing like the whole entire country with Lars um, and other bands too. But that's how I met like the guys in Suicide Silence. Um, I was just also like, I would just reach out to everyone, man. Like I just was like, hey, look, you need photos. Like I'm on this tour. Let's make it happen. And, uh, you know, for free photo shoots, these guys were just all about it. And um yeah, like uh, it, one thing came after another and I was just shooting bands full time and getting paid to do it and traveling, right? Like, especially with Lars, like we traveled the, the world together. We went to Asia um, and I was a DJ in this band for him and we opened up for this band called Cash Cash and uh, uh, man, uh, Mission, Mission Wolf or a Man with a Mission. I think it was Man with a Mission. And we were like one of the biggest Japanese bands um, so we, we went to Japan for, for a month together and toured out there. No, that's super awesome. I actually met Cash Cash. I think I actually met him at Tuxedo Junction here in Danbury, but then I did a gig with them down in the Bahamas. But what I want to talk to you next about is how we met, dude, Yeah. because I don't know if this is the actual event that we met, but we just were talking before this yeah. about a shoot that we were on together. Uh, Napoleon dope, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Napoleon and dope. Which, you know, that was my first time. I was shadowing Hunter Lyon, who was directing that video. It was a song with Jida and Sierra Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And could we just paint the picture of what the landscape of what that shoot was? <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> I remember me, Jida, and Hunter, we just did a two-week trip down to Florida in my, my you know, piece of shit Camry and, uh, I was, I think I had my, it was, I was young. Like you said, it was like 2013. So I wasn't that young. I was, I was 19 at that time. Um, but, uh, we just came back from Florida. I remember like Hunter, we just shot Jitta's whole album for all his music videos down in Florida where he grew up and on our way back, Hunter's like, we got one more gig. We got to go to New York city and we got a hotel for us and we're going to shoot Sierra Ramirez's, um, you know, Napoleon dope. And I remember she was pretty big at that time. She's a lot bigger now, but at that time it was like, I think one of my first, I was like, you know, kind of not, not starstruck, but I was like, wow, like this is really cool. Um, because of how much went into that whole set. Right. Um, we shot at her like labels offices that were like in this huge skyscraper in New York city. We did a scene up there with like a Scott, you know, um, I don't even remember. The video must have came out. I, I don't even know if I've seen it. Yeah, dude. I just remember. So I remember the label office. But then I remember, keep in mind, this is my first time, like, really, like, you know, learning the ropes from Hunter as, like, a video director. Yeah, yeah. But we ended up in, like, this sex dungeon, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, it's crazy, man. Like, uh, yeah, we they were like, all right, we're shooting at this BDM. Well, they, they wanted us to check it out. So they're like, you know, we're going to go check it out. And then I remember I, I didn't even know what BDSM stand for, you know, yeah. stood for. So um, we uh, yeah, we, we ended up it was like in the basement of I don't know if you remember that, but it was like this. It was you had to go through like the um, 
you know, like like, like a janky ass basement um, thing outside cellar door. Yeah. Outside a restaurant or whatever it was in an alleyway. And downstairs was like, you know, at first it's like, like I said, I didn't know what BDSM meant. So there was like dog cages in, in where the bar was. And then they had prop rooms. So they had like a doctor's office and they had, um, you know, like a like a dentist's office and like all these a school, you know, a school office um, or a schoolroom um, classroom. And uh, it was just, it was crazy, man. I mean, you saw some stains that you were like, ah, like, you know. <laughs> Yo, I remember, dude. And it was so, it's such a weird time. But like, you know, that's kind of where I learned where it's like, you know, sometimes you'll, what the lengths you'll go to get the shot, you know? Like, right. if this is the location we need, this yeah, is the location yeah. we'll get, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm actually so curious of like, uh, why that even came into question. I wasn't really part of like any idea. Country was just like, yo, we're going. I was like, cool, I'm, I'm with the ride. And then he, conv- you know, he convinced the team like, yo, I ended up doing BTS photos for that. Um, that was actually the whole reason why it went because we just made it. And coming back from Florida, it made sense. But um, yeah, I was, I'm curious on why they picked that location. Yeah. So what was one of the first shoots that you had that was like, uh, oh, snap, like this is crazy kind of shoot early on in your career? Um, I think like definitely the bands was like my first real take of like, you know, I I shot a lot of bands that were big at that time and they're still big now, but at that, for some reason, like that year, those are the golden years of Warp Tour, right? Was, was 2000 and even before that, but like NOFX headlining. And remember, I think when we, we did one year with Paramore headlining, I mean, that was really, Warp Tour was a thing. It's, it's not even happening anymore, which is a shame, but, um, Yes, shooting Suicide Silence was like my one of the first bands that um, really like I was kind of starstruck. More on me, I was a huge fan. Um, we worked with Asking Alexandria. We worked with The Devil Wears Prada. Um, you know, the guys that were headlining these festivals, um, we we did a lot of photo shoots with. So that was um, that was like my first like wow moment of of doing this. You know. Yeah, yeah. I also saw that you had photos in Inked Magazine with Shonda. Yeah, yeah, that was um, 2013. Uh, I guess it was around the same year that Napoleon Dope was. I might be mixing years up, but that was that was really that was right when I moved to LA, either 2013 or 2014, um, when I first moved to LA, and we shot that actually outside Jitta's house. Um, really quick, long story short, when me, me the only reason why I really went to LA the first time is Jitta first moved out there and me and Hunter went to go visit him. And me and Hunter got an Airbnb in downtown Korea and um Koreatown and um he me and him actually got bed bugs. Crazy. Yeah, and um and I remember like we weren't supposed to stay with Jitta, but we were doing work with Jitta and I don't know if we were shooting music videos or whatever, but um it became like this whole thing. I remember Valentine's night. My parents still bring this up. I remember like Valentine's day night in 2014, we were like stuck. I mean, I remember Hunter woke up and he had bites all over him or however we found out he had bed bugs. I was sleeping on the couch and, uh, we ended up sleeping at Jitta's for a few weeks after that. And then since I actually moved to LA that, that spring, I don't think I went home. Um, I just stayed out for there. that bed bugs trip. Once, yeah, you just went out and you're like, I gotta stay here. Yeah, but I, I remember when I first went out there, I, me, Jitta, and Hunter, we almost got mugged my first hour of land. So I land, we both landed. I think me and Hunter went together. I, yeah, I think we flew together and I landed. Um, we both landed and Jitta picked us up from the airport and, um, 
our first five minutes, we were downtown LA, right? Which is, I, you know, I was in LA eight or seven years after that, but um, downtown was was super sketchy. I didn't really know much about it. And uh, I remember this guy, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, and this guy like came up to me and he's like, you know, can I have a cigarette? And I was like, no. And he's, he, he, I think he pulled out like a pocket knife or it, something happens where he, it just became like, I was like, I don't know if I like this place, you know? And Yeah. So <laughs> you're telling me on your first trip, you got bed bugs, almost got mugged, and you were just looked around and you're like, this is home. Yeah, right. Literally, <laughs> literally man. If the way it was the weather that really, uh, whatever time we went, it was cold here. Valentine's Day, February, right? Yeah. So it was it was cold in Connecticut. So anywhere that was uh, warmer than here, it was uh, yeah <laughs> paradise for me. So what was the first time you got published? Was it one of those times that we talked about? It was. It was the first time I got published was the Peter says denim stuff. So that was that was yeah, two thousand and nine when I was shooting with Lars. Actually, Lars might be Lars was my first published article with uh, Alternative Press magazine. Peter says denim put me and it's funny because I was just at my parents' house. We probably probably was in Alternative Press magazine maybe 40, 50 times. I oh, mean, amazing, for dude. like the of course the three years it was almost every single month that they just had ads running and they would do second page in and and from there, but I had a lot of articles with like bands. Um you know, we we had a lot of a lot of my photos, um the bands that ended up using as promo and, and AP magazine or uh this magazine called Decibel, I think it was called Decibel, but yeah, a lot of the hard, the, the hardcore rock magazines like put our, my photos in it at the time, but that was from 2009, 2012 before, you know, the whole Jitta thing and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then moving forward a little bit, I saw that you did Webby's cover for Chemically Imbalanced. Yes. The photo for it. Yeah, 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 that, that he turned into, that's the one that you turned into a cartoon, right? Yeah, like the puzzle piece, but it was originally referenced from a photo you took. Do you know what year that was? 2014, 2015, maybe? Yeah, I guess probably 2014, like 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we took that photo, I think, years before that, and then that ended up just becoming... That was my first shoot ever with Webb. Oh, wow, the, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. that, and it ended up becoming his album cover? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. So yeah. how'd you how'd you connect with Webb in the first place? Uh, through JIT. Through, um, honestly, we have... So we had a studio in New Haven called Upcrown, um, and I had that from 2011 to 2013 and I was there with juice of all trades who works with uh schoolboy Q now in LA Jitta was Jitta ended up having a room in there eventually like a few years later, but I was actually I'm best friends with juice's cousin and me and juice's cousin grew up together and um so Juice was one of the owners, this guy, Zach Bowler, who's a, a dear friend of mine. He uh, he was like a graphic artist. He helped run the studio. So it was a music production studio. We had two different, you know, music production rooms. But then we also had a side office and a gallery space um, that we would hold events. That's how I met like Shawnee and uh, Mint City. That's how I met Webb. Um, but Jitta would come in a lot through me and, and, you know, uh, and Jitta also, I think at the time knew Juice too, but Jitta recorded there and Webby did a, some recordings there too. And we did, uh, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he's from the Rough Riders. Um, Ooh. yeah, he's, uh, not X. Um, yeah, I forget his name. He was with the Rough Riders, but he would come in and he would record too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Dude. What was one of your favorite memories from Up Crown? <sighs> um, I think like it's my first time being like like you know I lived with these guys. I really didn't go home, right? I mean, I slept on the couch there. It was my first time being in a creative space um with a bunch of people and everybody had their own job, right? And it was just um you know, I was I was 17, 18 at the time and uh it just, you know, these it it felt like family, man. It, it felt like, you know, like I said you're around these creative people and um you know, that's we're just 
so immersed in just we're just creating all day long and i love i love that man that was just such a cool experience and memory for me and it just really holds dear to my heart because uh even though it didn't last long i mean it lasted a few years but everybody went off on their own place right and you know we went to la and a lot of juice came to la too and i remember webb came to la and jitta went to la and uh you know that was the year that i moved to la was when all the guys moved to la right so i kind of followed in their steps to go out that way yeah Um, but then webb didn't like it he came back here and uh you know, some people stayed, some people didn't, right? So, yeah. Yeah, going back to a little bit of, like, the Vans Warp Tour era, I saw that you did some photos with Mayday Parade, dude. How was that? Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I threw up during that photo shoot. Which That's is crazy. Really I want to hear about that, dude. Yeah, so it was really, really hot, dude. I mean, if I don't know if you've been the Warp Tour in Connecticut, but it's, they always put it, like, August, I think, or July. I think it was August, and uh, it was just so hot, and I would, you know, I would, it, Back in the day, man, like with the lights, the photography lights, like we had, I had these alien bees, they were called. You have to plug them to a generator, stands. I mean, it's now I have lights that are a hundred times more powerful and they're the size of my iPhone and they're, they're battery powered. Right. So, um, you know, it, it would take an hour to set up. So we're trying to find a spot and that was the toughest too, is like a lot of the guys, it's like, yeah, we can shoot in front of the, the tour buses, but everybody has that. Let's try to find something else. So we shot them on train tracks and, um, it was so hot, man, and I used to wear, like, a hoodie a lot as a kid, and, uh, or, like, I would wear layers because I, it just first, I, it, I would have, like, pockets, and I could put stuff easily in my front pockets. I remember, like, I would always wear a hoodie. Um, I didn't really have cases at the time. I think I had, like, a little, like, uh, I had something, like a backpack or something, but I always needed more space. I don't know why I didn't get more space, but uh, I was so hot, like, like from the heat, that um, middle of the shoot, I remember, like, and I, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, right? And I was prob- definitely not drinking enough water. Dangerous combo, dude. <laughs> and uh, mid-shot, I'm like, you know, 20 minutes in, I'm like, hold on one second. Like, I got to go grab something. And I go over to my, like, backpack, and I remember I, like, I didn't throw up in it, but I threw up on the side. But I put my backpack far away where they probably noticed it, but I I, I thought they didn't, right? And uh, That's bad w- funny, dude. <laughs> went back to shooting, dude. Like, they're probably, the band's probably looking at each other, they're like, yo, did that photographer just, just throw up? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this like 15, 16 year old kid, actually even younger, maybe 14. Yeah. Uh, my parents used to drop me off at this place. So it wasn't like, you know, for Vans Warped Tour, there's really no, um, you know, there's no uh, shade, right? There's not really places you can go and hide from the I remember. The I've sun, been to a dude. couple warp Tours too, dude. So I, I definitely remember that. So what are some of the other art? I, you said you shot, like you were in like, alternative press like 40 times yeah what were some of the other artists that you worked with um you know mayday parade silverstein these are bands that so silverstein was silverstein and suicide silence were guys that i really developed a really close connection with that i've still to this day like i'm in touch with them those are probably one of the few bands that i like still keep in touch with um you know like i said devil wears prada asking alexandria uh christopher drew is part of never shout never um guar i did a lot of stuff with guar they used to have like blood shooting out of their bodies like they were dressed up um they did toads plays i, I did a lot of, i shot a lot of bands that um after war tour that i connected with they would always stop on their tour runs either at toads uh oakdale or um or webster usually webster was like the main hub we did um the used um you know we we shot a lot of promos for them um we did it for a long time, man. Like, I, you know, I, I kept doing it after Warp Tour for a few years, but then I started getting more heavily into, like, rap music. And then, you know, eventually now, like, EDM, which is funny because I started off doing EDM with 
the cash cash stuff, you know? It's crazy. I started out with EDM too. And, you know, I ended up transitioning into hip hop and I'm still kind of in the hip hop world. But let's talk about some of your hip hop photos, dude. I saw you did a photo with Tyler Yahweh, but he's like bubble gummed apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny, man. That was, I feel like that was before he like really started hitting fame. And uh, Jitta, Jitta was close to him and also Post. Um, I never got photos of Post, man. It was, uh, it's just one of those things, unless. I never asked to take photos of people. Like I never went up and I was like, yo, let me grab a photo. I kind of regret that a little bit. Um, just cause of some of the guys like Travis Scott too, he was another one that came to our studio up ground and, um, I, I actually did photos of Travis. That's crazy. And I want to hear about that story too. He, yeah, he came to up crown, um, to, to show us his music. And then he played at lazy lizard, which used to be, it used to be across the street from up crown on crown street in new Haven, Connecticut. And he probably played in front of like 50 people. I mean, this is, this is when, um, what's his first album. It was the owl, owl, uh, you know what it's called? The, the McKnight one. It was the one where he had Travis Scott as like one of his singles. Is it McKnight? It, it was Owl something. I don't know. I don't um, know. I wasn't an early Travis Scott fan. I'm a bandwagon that hopped on gotcha. later. Yeah, yeah. So he had he had a dope album. Anyways, um, he came to the studio, actually showed us his music, hung out for a few hours. We did a photo shoot with him. And he actually, <laughs> he almost broke my camera, which is wild. That sounds accurate, dude. Yeah, he's he's interesting person, man. Um, he... Uh, I, re- I pro- he said, you know, record this. Like he wanted to be on camera sort of, but then he was showing us a Miley Cyrus, Kanye West thing that he did. He produced. That's crazy. I don't know if they were together, but both their names were somehow like involved in this song that he was doing yeah, and, uh, or showing us. And, uh, I remember he saw me with the camera up. I don't even know if I was doing video of it. I was just taking photos. Yeah. And he like grabbed my camera out of my hand and he threw it on the Damn. ground. And he pushed like uh, my buddy Travis. He kind of like, I, I remember him. He was another videographer in the, um, cause I just mostly did photos. I didn't do videos, but, uh, he like pushed his camera out of the way. He freaked out. Um, and yeah, like, so, so that was that. And, uh, I actually have a painting. So somebody made a painting. He just wasn't like a very nice person, but yeah. uh, someone made him a painting, man. And, and, uh, it was like all sharp took, took her hours. And, uh, he just, he was like, I don't want this shit. And like, you know, he yeah, I've there. had some disappointing experiences with like, you know, quote unquote, like celebrities, like people. And I try to always give them the benefit of the doubt that like, maybe, you know, maybe I just didn't meet them. On the best day, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, and that's that's what I like to hope for. I do see things of Travis, like, out yeah. about, like, there was this famous thing of him, like, yelling at this photographer, this poor guy that was on stage trying to do his job. Yeah. And he, like, completely embarrassed this dude on stage. Um, but I like, to, yeah, like saying, man, I like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and uh, maybe I just caught him. Because I don't remember the whole interview. It was a long time ago. Was, this is 2012. But, um... But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And I remember he played at the show in front of 50 people. It was just kind of a cool experience because this is like one of the few people that, um, you know, that I met that like really became that I met Travis before. Scott. Yeah, man. Like, you Straight know, a class artist, dog, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. so I want to pull it back to Tyler real quick, too. Yo, yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear about like how that shoot came to be. And like because I love that photo, the bubblegum stretch. Like, it's, yeah. it's a kind of a crazy photo. Yeah. He um so he used to come over uh, Jitta's house and we used to just like smoke together and play video games and just hang out. And uh, he was there. And I, I think that photo is for Jitta had a clothing line he was starting. And I forget what it was called or he maybe he was just making custom clothes and it wasn't anything specific, but, uh, we just did a photo together and then I worked with this editor, 
Um, his name was Cole. I forget his last name, but I worked with this editor that actually ended up doing Webby's photo with the hand coming out of his mouth. Oh, Web- I, I Webby introduced one. me to him. He's a Connecticut guy. I only worked with him on like like that and the the Tyler thing. And um, yeah, he made that photo come to life, man. Because that that photo was insane. You know, yeah. And you know, you know who else you've shot with a bunch of times? It seems like Nightmare. Yes, You've done yeah, like we just lot. did a music video. We just directed him his his music video for him. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, um, nightmare. Um, so like since you know we moved to Vegas, um, you know, uh, coming on three years, and uh, I started connecting with a lot of the uh, DJs at this club called Omnia Nightclub. Who's they they own a few clubs, Tau Group, um, and I was. It's funny, not not to go too far into it, but I was when I was living in LA, I worked for Tao Group and I did all their menu photos at their locations in LA. And then I moved to LA and they they kind or moved to Vegas and they connected me with the nightclub out there. So I started kind of just going and seeing who I can meet. And then we became really close, just friend-wise, no, no work relationship at first with with Nightmare um and Martin Garrix and Steve Aoki. We started becoming like close with these guys. We would just go to the after parties, we'd exchange numbers, and then one thing after led after another. And we uh we started, you know, me and Tyler Nightmare, we started working together and uh we did a lot of his like promo photos uh a year or two ago for his last album that dropped. We just directed a music video called uh, Never Loved You Like That um, that just dropped two weeks ago. That's awesome, um, So dude. that's out, yeah. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about Tower Group a little bit because I just had my homie Dan uh, on here who works with Tower Group Hospitality, but in New York. He works okay. at like Marquee and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, how did you connect with Tower Group? Um, it was through the menu stuff. I think I... Uh, I guess, oh, you know what, how I connected with them. So I, we own a travel company, right? So we, um, worked for dream Hollywood, which is partners with Tao group and all the Tao restaurants are like basically right on the side of dream Hollywood. And, uh, when we went to go work with dream, they were like, yo, Tao is looking for, um, content. Let me connect you guys. And then, um, one thing led to another. So when we moved to Vegas, um, one of their PR people put us in touch with uh, with the nightclubs out there. And I think I met a, a local DJ and then that, you know, we'll talk more about that. But that that became like a whole thing. And, you know, um, like I said, we get started getting involved with DJs more on like the, the artist relations and managing DJs. Yeah. Um, a lot of content still too, right. Directing music videos, doing, f- you know, promo photos and uh, just helping out with the shows. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about a couple more shoots, and then I want to get into your travel stuff, too. Yeah, cool. Uh, another shoot that I saw that you did, it was with Julia Rose and Cool Kicks LA, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How did that shoot come to be? Uh, I used to work, so when I first moved to LA, and that kind of went hand-on-hand with Chandra, with the uh, alt ma- the Inked magazine. magazine that you, yeah. yeah, so um, I was working for Arsenic. Um, I guess not like I was working like directly, but they were, I was freelancing and and I would work with Arsenic every week. They had photo shoot Fridays and we would go in like the biggest models. It was basically a playboy house. They'd have a, you know, a $50 million mansion that might be exaggerated, but it was a really well for LA, maybe not, but, uh, crazy, you know, 25 bedrooms, like pool parties every Friday. And they would invite photographers and I became really close with the owner out there. And that was just from me. Like when I first moved out there, I, 
or I, I, you know, I shot a girl in Connecticut that they ended up reposting. And then that's how that connection was made. And I'm still really close to that company today. Um, but we did, you know, naked in boudoir photo shoots with like, and a bunch of photographers would come out and then it turned into me doing like personal shoots of them. I did like some travel stuff, like I'd go to Vegas and shoot stuff with them. Um, but they were working with Cool Kicks LA and Julia, uh, Julia Rose. Yeah, that's, yeah right, that's right. what I saw. Right, yeah. Julia Rose. Yeah, so Julia Rose she used to date. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, he yeah, one of the um, one of the most famous. I'm uh, not gonna know it. I probably won't know it. She dated. I probably um, know who it is though, maybe, but not Lo, uh, Logan. Um, Logan, Logan Paul? Paul. Yeah, oh, she dated. I didn't know that. That's how she got so big. Oh, that's either crazy. Logan or the brother. Who's the brother? Jake. Jake. So either Jake or Logan. I forget who. She dated one of them for a long time. I know that for a fact. Mm. And that's why she became so big. Because when we first shot her, she was still big. She had a few, you know, probably a hundred thousand followers. But now she has like millions of followers, and that's from that relationship. Probably also what else she's doing. But I know that really like made her grow. Is from that relationship, you know. Another person that you shot that has an incredible career that I follow personally is Russ, dude. Yeah. How was it like working with Russ? Dude, Russ is such a, he was one of the, like, I, I loved working with him, man. He was such a gentleman. Like, he, um, I remember, like, there was, we we, we shot on, on a set in Calabasas, um, and there was probably 50 people there, and he was he was announcing his new weed uh, line that was coming out. I think it was I forget it's called Chomp, yeah, Chomp, 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 yeah, Chomp. Um, and when he showed up, he shook everybody's hand. You don't see that with big artists, right? And and you know we've worked with a lot of big artists before, but he shook everybody's hand and gave everybody kind of like a minute or two. And he would ask questions like, what's your name? You know, like, what do you do? Like, and we'd ask questions about it. Like, you just don't get that, man. Like he took that time out of his day. That was, that was big for me. I was like, wow. Like, you know, he was, he was such an awesome dude. Yeah. I loved working with him. Yeah. And then you also shot with real black coffee too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did that go, dude? That was cool. That was recently. That was, uh, that was, I mean, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half time flies, but, um, that was cool, man. He came to our apartment and in Vegas, and uh, we uh, we shot some stuff. We didn't know what we were shooting for, but it ended up getting in like L magazine. Um, it ended up getting in a ton of billboards like around Africa for like promoting his shows in like Nigeria. And uh, um, he he was cool, man. He was just a really quiet dude, but uh, he was also like a really sweet dude. He was just it was really down to earth, and uh, it was a pleasure. He didn't, no rushing. I've noticed with big artists, you feel like you got you got like ten minutes in and out. It, with him and Russ, it was it was Russ was a little bit different because it was like a whole thing with me and, and Black Coffee and Savannah, my girlfriend. It was just us three. He came alone, no security. I think he had security wait outside our apartment, but like he was like, dude, I got all day. Like whatever you want to do, man. And we shot for a few hours, made you know, had some laughs, and yeah, called it a night. How do you recommend that other photographers, you know, carry themselves around, you know, these talented, famous people? Because at this point, you've worked with. A whole ton of them, right? Right. So, like, how, what would you recommend on how to carry yourself and, like, not freak them out? Because there is, like, you know what I mean? You don't want to, like, yeah. be a weird vibe. Yeah. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you a story and then I'll go into that. So, I, I worked with Loud Luxury, who's, who's they're, they're pretty big, and um, they're, they're dear friends of mine, too. And uh, I remember I was, I, a lot of these guys, it's funny, man. Like, you would think, like, they would have, like, security with them, whatever, and not that's not the case for all of, all of them. And these guys actually, they, their label trusted me enough to tell them to just get in the car with me and go to the desert. 
And I made a joke on the way to the desert. I was like, haha, like now I'm going to kill you guys. I never met these guys before. This is like the first hour. No one laughed. Like it was like so That's awkward. That's crazy, dude. dog. Um, it was so, so anyways, like to kind of bring that back, I um, don't do that. Don't, you know, yeah. there's a level to it because you, you have to, you want to be yourself. I mean, people can tell most of the time when they're being fake, right? So um, you want to be yourself, but, um, there's limits. You don't want to like talk too much and, you know, but you, you know, you, you, you are who you are and, you know, you shouldn't let anybody change that. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a level of professionalism that you need to have on set as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, you don't want to be all suit and tie and make the guy uncomfortable because he's a human as well. You know? Yeah. How did you bounce back from that loud luxury comment, dude? Like, you know, <laughs> you got to shoot it. Everyone was like, well, all good. <laughs> honestly, like, I didn't know. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, it just became awkward in the car. And then we did our photo shoot and uh, they used the photos. They liked the photos, but uh, I just kept seeing them at shows and we just became friends after that. And, you know, um, it was just about consistency. They always saw me and, um, every, you know, we kind of knew each other more, um, intimately from that photo shoot, right. It's just like out, outside the shows. Um, but then, uh, yeah, we just, we became homies and, uh, just like nightmare and, and Martin Garrix and all those guys, right. We started, uh, just developing a relationship that was outside of work, which I think you can g gain closer connections with somebody when it's not all business, like all the time, you know? Yeah. What advice would you have for a photographer? That's like just getting their feet in the game. Now their skin in the game. Now that, you wish was advice that was given to you early on? Um, that's a good question. I think, uh, I think advice I would give like another photographer would be to like, you know, kind of just take as many opportunities as you can, um, and try to connect as many people. I had an ego as a kid and, I started really young, right? So like I wish there was more, there's a level of like doing free photo shoots and stuff like that as well. But like, I wish I took more opportunities of like, I was kind of like, oh, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to pan out. I'd rather not do and stay in my safe, you know, my safe area. Mm. Um, yeah. So I wish I took more opportunities as a kid, but, uh, uh, yeah. Other than that, man, I, um, I, I just, I, I give any advice to any inspiring photographer to just, uh, just reach out to everybody. Just keep shooting. You know, you just want to keep connecting. That's the biggest thing. Um, I'm not a big, I don't have a big social media following. I'm not really like all my work is really word of mouth for the most part. I was just about to ask that. Like what was the catalyst for like your career where you're at now, dude? Yeah, it was, it was just, it's just, you know, making sure everybody, you know, has seen me, you know, like in a sense, like it's just showing up. And I always, I always tell my girlfriend Savannah too, it's just like, we're tired after working 12 hour days. And I'm just like, yo, let's go out to this event because who knows? I got some amazing advice from a really successful marketing team that we used to work with. And these guys, you know, they, they pay for dinners every night. And I, I think I asked them when I was like, man, like, you know, how much money are you guys spending on dinners? Like every night you guys are bringing in and paying for these people and just paying for the whole table. And he's like, all you need is that one dinner that can make you a million dollars or mm. multi-millions, you know? That's actually incredible advice, dude. Yeah. 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 And, you know, let's pull it to, you know, speaking of Savannah, let's pull it to Sin City Creative. I'd love to talk to how that came to be and all yeah. that. Um, so we met four years ago, um, this month actually. And uh, um, Savannah was... Um, super interested in getting involved. So, uh, it started off with her, like helping me out with shoots. And then, um, 
just down the line, probably a year in, um, well, we started doing the travel stuff, right? Really that that's what really started all that. But the editorial stuff too, I needed help with that. And she became, she was really good with ideas and we were learning on like her, you know, showing her lighting techniques and actually shooting now. So she's shooting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's how Sin City like came about, man. We just wanted it. I didn't want it to be Chris Fulcher photos anymore. Cause obviously it's, and now it's fifth, we do everything 50, 50 now, as far as business goes, you know, like, and, uh, you know, we, we come up with ideas together and we kind of bounce off each other and we've been, yeah, we've been in that four years now, man. Yeah. Have you guys had a crazy experience on set together where you're just like looking at each other and like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably happens all the time. We shoot, we shoot, um, well, especially like in Connecticut, cause we come home for like a month at a time. Um, we do four to six shoots today. You know, we got three photo shoots after this podcast. Right. And, um, our, we call it almost like hell week or hell month, for example, like we just kind of get in and get out, but we book as much as we can, um, with artists that, you know, make sense. And, uh, you know, and then we go back, but, uh, yeah, there's, I don't, there's nothing like in particular, I'm sure like if I really thought about it more that there's probably something that, but nothing that was like too, too crazy. It's just more of like, um, for like example, I just shot Casey's new music video uh, yeah. two days ago and, um, we lit his toaster on fire by accident. Crazy um, dude. And it became like, kind of like a fight or flight situation because it, then it was like, Oh my God, are we going to burn down the kitchen? So there's stuff like that, that has happened that, you know, um, that happens every week though. Right. Something, yeah, there's something, there's always something dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to actually get into some of the travel, you know, stuff now. Yeah. Like how did you really get into that in the first place? So I, how it first happened was me and my friend, Anthea Mo, we went on a cruise together in 2019 or 18, 2018 or 19. And we did a month cruise together. My parents came too, and we were just friends, but she came and she was a big time model. She probably had like 500,000 followers. She's got like almost more than a million, I think now or close to it. But, um, at, she was still a big model and we, I knew her, I knew her through arsenic and, um, she had like the kind of the pool. So we were going to these beautiful, we were going to, uh, on a cruise to Europe and she had all these followers. So I, there was some beautiful spots in Europe, like hotels that I knew, like if I just DM them, like I would never get a response. So she had that, that follower pull to, uh, to make it get, happen. Yeah. So we, we showed up to, you know, we got confirmation to shoot at some of the most like luxurious, like secret hotels that like people can't just, you know, pop up at. And, um, we just, we would, we, so on our cruise stops, we'd have like, you know, what, six, seven hours to get off go to this hotel, shoot, and then, you know, get back on the boat. And, uh, we did that a few times during that trip and that's what actually kickstarted it. And then we met, then I met Sav and, um, me and Sav, you know, like I said, we, uh, we, you know, we became into shooting for numerous hotels. I mean, different countries. We've been to so many different countries over the last four years. I was going to say, how did that turn into, you know, going to Aruba, going to Santorini? Yeah. It's just, um, ever since that trip, man, um, like I said, that was just a one month thing with my friend. And then, um, uh, I didn't really know what was going to happen after Anthea was doing some really big stuff. So like the travel thing she wasn't doing. And I, I, it was, you know, I moved back to Connecticut that summer. So I wasn't in LA anymore. So, um, you know, and like I said, well, she's still a friend of mine, but we didn't continue that doing that together. It was just kind of like she had her own modeling stuff. But when me and Sav met, um, 
we just kind of, you know, kind of sat down and we we're like, hey, look, like, you know, and I told Sav, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. Like, would you like to do this for me or, you know, do this with me? Um, and, uh, you know, her and I started traveling and we started just, uh, you know, developing a, a marketing team and pushing these, um, you know, pushing hotels and, tra- you know, travel tourism boards, um, anything luxury travel based. Right. Um, we tried to kind of get it down to a niche, but, um, you know, uh, hotels or car companies, but of course in different countries and we do stuff in the U S as well, you know? Yeah. I'm curious to talk to you a little bit about like the business side of this. Like, are they travel companies that are paying for this and they're looking for like photos that they can use to promote these destinations? Yeah. Yeah. It's something, I mean, it's sometimes it's, it's, so there's, there's certain hotels that have so many, or, you know, not tourism boards necessarily, but yeah, hotels or companies that have millions of followers and they don't want any more like, because we're not influencers, we're travel content creators. I guess that's the big difference, but they have so many people hitting them up and trying to make content for them or promote them as an influencer. Um, So hotels that have like a big amount of following that way they necessarily don't want to pay people so that's where we look for other revenues where it's like hey look guys would you guys be down the trade we'll give you the photos you give us the content and then we can sell it in our own way or like we make money you know from instagram you know promoting it um you know and just kind of keep trying to boost our page but then we have a lot of hotels which is like you know most of the stuff that we do or tourism boards that don't have that you know um following and drive and need you know that they have a budget to pay guys like me to create, you know, images and videos for them to promote travel to that. Yeah. Was there a place that you traveled to where when you got there, it was just all that no clue what's going on? Cause I know I've dealt with that personally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, more, more like tours, tourism boards are pretty good about, um, knowing what's going on, but yeah, it's, uh, um, definitely hotels. There's been hotels, um, we're, we've been very blessed with the hotels we've worked with, but um, there are some hotels that uh, that like will show up and they're like, and it happens a lot more than I than I probably like, but it's just um yeah we'll show up and it's just like who are you and what's going on and like we're do you're doing a photo shoot and it's just like you know um, yeah it's tricky though because like trust me I've been in those situations and it's like those hotels have so many moving parts that it's like. Well, it's, the guys that are like they're hiring us are not even most of the time on location. Usually we have a point of contact, but sometimes we don't. And they're just like, yo, like you'll you'll meet Mark at the front desk. And Mark doesn't even know we're coming because they're they're people that are probably like in a whole different country that are helping run their PR stuff. Um, forgot to tell them or whatever the case is. Right. It's more for the stuff like when they're paying, they're pretty on it. But when it comes to like us just showing up and trying to get content as a trade type of situation um these guys are very like you know and understandably they're just kind of like they're more focused on anything else and they forget and um we've definitely dealt with that a lot yeah no i've definitely dealt with that too i did something recently because i did a trade with a uh, go campers in iceland dude oh nice cool. yeah it was a lot of fun uh but another st- spot that you went to that i want to talk about is san clemente Am yeah I san clemente right? kambinski yeah. yeah um how did that come to be that was just we just um like I said we have we have a certain uh layout of of how we connect to these hotels and uh some of it's word of mouth some of it is uh 
uh, you know, word of mouth kind of travels on its own, but, um, you know, we, we cold call and we just have like templates of like, Hey, look, like we're, and sometimes we'll do it when we're there in the country. Um, and sometimes we'll do before we even book the trip. So, um, San Clemente wanted to work with us and, uh, they were like, yeah, like we, we, I think we were already going to be in Venice for a layover and we're like, why don't you stay a week? Cause Savannah's never been there. And I, I've been to Venice so many times. I love Venice. It's, it's such a fascinating city. Um, so with San Clemente, we ended up staying and it's a private Island and it's right off, um, St. Mark's square. So you have to take a boat from St. Mark's square. You can see it from St. Mark's square. It's not far, but, um, we would take a, you know, you take a boat, they have like these little shuttles that take you back and forth, but it's, it's crazy. I've never stayed in a, a, an Island that has a hotel and it's, it's, it, the whole Island is owned by San Clemente. And I want to talk to you about like, you know, where do people see a lot of your travel photos? Like, have they got published? Like, are people like using them in like ads and stuff like that? Yeah, you you go to like a lot of, you I mean, like it's definitely brochures and flyers and stuff that these guys are using. Um, I'm sure they're using a lot more than what I'm seeing. I, I don't really stay too up to date with what they use it. So we have kind of like a base price and they they use it for whatever they need. But, um, you know, we're doing promotional videos too. I see the videos a lot more, but um, we do like Instagram reels for a lot of the guys. We do promotional videos for their website. Um, we'll shoot their menu photography. We'll shoot their, their you know, if they have uh, even inside stuff, right? Like Kam- Kaminsky will have like emails that will go around throughout Kaminsky's staff members that they need photos of staff, you know, they'll need photos of their staff members. So we'll do stuff like that. Room photography, you'll see that on the website. Um, but you know, like I said, but a lot of it is, is they, these guys just want viral clips of stuff that's happening at their, at their location. Like aesthetic type stuff. Yeah. Right. So like we do a lot of, uh, you know, couple cute couple stuff and, um, you know, just, uh, if we, we go to the hotel. So for example, like Kempinski, um, they offered this private now it's a third party, but they offered this private boat that would pick you up and they'd bring champagne and you go around the canals and uh, stuff like that. Right. Is that they're, they're kind of looking forward to promote on their pages so that people, you know, will book with them. They're like, wow, like, you know, but especially even more if they offered on. So we just shot for the first time at Kempinski. Um, they're offering, I think coming up next year is a private, I don't know if it's a private, but it's a movie experience outside the hotel That's awesome. and they have like a popcorn machine and staff members and we're Savannah and I were the first ones to model in it, promoting that they're going to be doing this. And you actually look over the, um, the ocean or the water to, and you can see, um, you know, St. Mark square and see Venice islands in the distance. It's so cool. So cool. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great experience. What are some other experiences that you guys have been able to do together because of, you know, the photo travel business? Like, uh, yeah. Um, some of the other experience we've got is, uh, just the traveling, man. We've just got to see some really cool locations and, and did a lot of stuff that, uh, I would never spend my money on, yeah. for example, like the, the boat around can, the canals is really cool. Something like that. I probably would spend my money on, but, um, I mean, but it's expensive. I mean, it's not cheap. It's like you yeah. know, 500 euro, a thousand euro, whatever it is. But, um, so I got to experience a lot of things, you know, and Savannah, Savannah and I got to experience a lot of things that I would never, you know, do unless it was like a special occasion. So I'm very blessed to experience that throughout my work. Right. And, and get to see stuff that most people don't get to see. Um, you know, especially luxury based, right? So yeah. And what was one of the favorite trips that you've went on? Um, 
I think so. We really fell in love. This is our second year to Santorini and Santorini. We're busy in Santorini. I mean, there's a lot of Santorini is like one of the like tourist capitals. I mean, like they, they get a, and it's funny. They, they still want guys like me to come in and promote tourism to Santorini, but Santorini is known as like, there is the whole Island is, is hotels and there's just new ones getting popped up every day. So that's kind of what we do is we do a little research, see which new guys are coming in. Um, but we have a few solid guys that want us to keep coming back. Um, but it's really like what makes the, cause people ask me all the time, like, where's, where's, you know, where, where's the place that, what's your favorite place? And I'm like, I don't really know if I've been there yet. You know, there's a lot of places like I, I could go to Europe every single year to the day I die and still see something new, you know? And, and it's, it's interesting perspective to say that because now we're kind of, I don't want to say we're putting a halt on Europe, but we're trying to look at other locations, harder locations. So we're looking to Africa places that maybe in 10 years from now, for me, it might be a little bit harder for me to get there. Um, but to go, to go back to what you were saying, yeah, I just, um, it's really the people on the Island that make the experiences for us. So Santorini, we fell in love with the people, the hospitality, some of our, I would say really close friends over the last two years live there. And like, we just, you know, they're locals and we just became really good friends. We text every day, you know, I want to like focus a little bit now on, you know, the photographers that are out there watching this, right? Mm -hmm. So if you if someone was a photographer wanting to get into travel content, I know how you got into it, but what would you recommend to them to like get their feet wet in the travel industry? Um, what I would recommend is that I would have to think about it. It's it's more because I'm still learning, right? Like I'm still it's like so we we're only four years in, and I've been doing photography my whole life. But um, you know, I I think really what it comes down to is uh, you know you want to do something that you ultimately like feel a passion for. So like with the travel stuff, um, I, when we first started, I would wear sweaters and I would wear, like, I would cover my tattoos up and you can see, man, like I got, you know, I got head tattoos, right. And, uh, neck tattoos. And I would cover all those up. Um, I even got more since then, but, uh, it, we, you know, we live in a world where tab- tattoos were taboo and like certain clothing and marketing in general is very plain Jane still, um, I, you know, it still is. And, uh, I didn't want to do that. So it was like, you know, I started, you know, I, I told Savannah, I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm not passionate about like the way I'm dressing. Like I'm kind of just putting on a front and especially cause I'm modeling these photos with her. Right. So it's like, we felt like, um, we, you know, to kind of stand us away from everybody else was to just dress how we normally dress. You know, I'm promoting underground clothing lines like dead by 5 AM in new Haven or just stuff. I like to wear like cool clothes, you know, um, and, and show my tattoos. And uh, I, I feel like that, um, that style, um, you know, carries to, uh, I don't want to say the younger demographic, but just more of a modernized demographic, right? Like, I feel like you can relate to somebody more like that. Um, the plain Jane stuff, man, I mean, it's just everywhere. It's just not relatable to, to kids our age or, you know, tattoos are not a taboo anymore. The CEOs and the biggest companies in the world that have tattoos, you know? Um, so that was like a big thing for me. So like, I, it was, it was hard to start with that too. So I was doing the sweater stuff, but then we started like promoting this, this almost like taboo, um, artistic approach to it. Hotels, I think we're probably a little bit more eager, like, I don't know. Um, and they still are, but, uh, now it's kind of catching more like wildfire where people are like, I like, oh yeah. Like they're kind of understanding that the world is changing Europe, especially, um, 
is is changing a lot, I think, faster in their marketing um, viewpoint than the U.S. is. Um, it's funny, man. Like, we just, you know, you would go into hotels and some of their, you could tell by the art pieces out yeah. there. They're so abstract and crazy compared to, like, you go to Hilton, you're going to see, like, a you know, a painting of, like, a, you know, like, <laughs> like, a, like a waterfall. But then you go to, like, some of the most, like, luxury hotels in Europe or Asia or wherever, and, like, they'll have, like, crazy things, you know, crazy paintings. You know what, too? Earlier in this podcast, you know, you said one thing that you wish you did earlier on was take more opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some of the biggest risks that you have taken? Um, I would say, like, you know, um, taking going down that step line as far as like I, I was I was in a sense sacrificing our career on something. I was just like, Hey, look, like I'm, you know, let's see if it works. Um, I felt like, you know, but I was, it was time spent. Right. So that was, it was just sacrificing like what we're doing for, um, for what we believed, you know? So that was, that was really important to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well then my big question is what's next for Chris Fulcher? Um, man, we, um, we we have a lot going on, man. We have a marketing team that we're now curating and we're building throughout Connecticut and Las Vegas, and um, we so we're, we're you know we're we're getting guys now to kind of like you know we're directing a lot of music videos and we're doing the travel stuff and just just content in general. Um, you know we're trying to do something different with how you know uh, marketing campaigns are. Um, so we're now in the works of that and, uh, it's exciting. It's really yeah, exciting. That's awesome. Did you want to talk a little bit about like some of the DJ dabbling like management? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, yeah, I can for sure. I'm down. Um, it's so we moving to Vegas, we just met DJs like local DJs that needed help. Um, they, they, they just were one man bands, the, the guys that were opening a four, the big guys. Um, so we work with a guy, Mikey Francis, he's a dear friend of mine. Um, and I want to say we were like help. I don't want to say that we were like directly managing him, but we were helping on the sidelines with stuff. Um, you know, with shows and bookings and, 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 and content, especially, um, and you know, these guys are opening up. At, at Omnia nightclub and for Tau group, they're opening up for the biggest guys in the world. But these guys, like I said, they're one man bands, man. They don't have the help and they need it. And there's a lot of them in Vegas. And, uh, we just found like this, you know, it all starts off with like, you know, we, we don't do it for the money effort, you know, like, and obviously like we need to get paid and we need to make a living out of it, but we wanted to help these guys. We saw how talented they are. And, uh, we just, you know, we started working with these guys a lot closer. Um, it probably started off as making content. Like we did a photo shoot and then it was like, yo, like you need help with a lot more. Um, so then, you know, some of the guys will help like brand direct and like do, all, you know, or, or do all their social media and vice versa. So we, we, we work with about, I would say five to six guys in Vegas consistently when we're there. Granted, we have the Connecticut business, we have the travel business, which is still all content related, but we're constantly every season, we're somewhere new. So our goal for 2024 is to try to stay in Vegas longer because mm -hmm. um, we're probably in Vegas two months out of the year for the last three years. I mean, it's it's just like, why am I even, you know, why do I even have this apartment? You know, it's yeah. like, it's crazy, but... So, I mean, it's good that you're busy, and I know that you are very busy, but if people did want to work with you, Chris, how could they make it happen? 
Yeah, um, you know, just you can find me on my website, uh, www.chrisfolch.com. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, I, 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 we're always willing to to fly out somewhere, and you know, uh, I think that's what we do best, man. We're good at living on the road. So, uh, yeah, you can find me through my website or follow me on uh, Instagram. It's uh, Sin City Creative, or my uh, travel Instagram is Chris Folch. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I super appreciate you coming on the podcast, dude. I think we had a really good conversation today. Excited to hear a little bit about your experience. And I think other photographers, entrepreneurs are going to get a little something out of this. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Now, I want to share with you my thought of the day. And I talked with Chris a little bit about this after the podcast. But I want to say is that trades are okay. If you have a skill set and you want something from someone else, don't be afraid to trade. It doesn't have to always be about money. If I'm a videographer and I'm trying to go to a beautiful vacation spot, you know, let's reach out to the vacation spot and see if they would trade some video in order for me to get a discount or hook it up. So don't be afraid to trade. Not everything is about money. If you're trying to follow your dream or gain success in your field, there's one thing that's really important is that you need to believe in yourself before the world does.